Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. What's up, guys? So for this week, I am very prepared to jump back into the physical part of fitness, the most basic, the stuff that I was trying to fix when I started this podcast two months ago before I kind of got derailed by all the fascinating stuff that I was finding in the research. So this week we are turning back to the physical stuff, the original premise of why fitness in your late 30s is so much different, why you may have been wasting your time in a lot of ways with workouts and influencers that you've been following, trying to imitate what they do, but not seeing the same results. So what we're really diving into this week is what ruins your workouts. And part of the reason that I haven't done a podcast on this yet is I wasn't sure if some of this stuff is going to convey well in on an audio platform. I wasn't sure if this was the kind of thing that I really needed to buckle down and do a YouTube video on, a couple of YouTube videos on, or just have a, sec- a section of the blog devoted to it. But we're going to give it a try. I think um, in what I've written up for you guys this week, it makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to take you through it. Let me know at the end of the episode what you guys think. Leave it in the comments. Find me on Instagram at Fixing Fitness with Kelly. Um, I want to hear your thoughts. So without further ado, let's get into what is really ruining your workouts. If you've had a desk job for the last 10 years, I want you to start from the premise that pretty much every muscle from the bottom of your shoulder blades down to your kneecaps is asleep. And that even when you're doing a workout targeting muscles in that area, for example, your abs or your glutes, you aren't really using your abs or your glutes to complete the exercises. What's happening instead is that other muscles that have taken over while those primary movers are asleep are getting stronger because they're the ones actually being worked. So you won't see the results you would expect after doing months of core workouts and hundreds of squats. And this is a problem because now it's even harder for the primary movers to overtake those overactive so-called helper muscles. Let's get out of the abstract and take a specific example. First, let's talk about what adaptations are likely to occur in your musculature and your posture after a decade behind a desk. Starting from the top, the head is likely to be in a forward position. This means that your cervical spine, which is the part of the spinal column in your neck, has lost its natural curve and is projecting forward from its base where it meets the thoracic spine. This puts a ton of strain on the muscles of your neck and upper back because now the weight of your head isn't balanced appropriately. Think of your head like the crown of a tree, which is its leaves and branches. The crown is more or less balanced atop its trunk. But if you've ever seen a tree that starts to lean to one side, the roots on the opposite side over time start to lift. They're working twice as hard to bear the weight of the tree as it's tilting away instead of standing upright like it's supposed to. 
That is what the muscles of your neck and upper back are doing, is trying to pull your head back into the proper alignment. And over time, the effect of this is that those muscles become elongated and overactive. Keep that in mind as we move further down the body and look at teres major, the lats, and the pecs. Your teres major is one of the scapular muscles that facilitates shoulder movement, but it often works synergistically with your lats, so I'm including it in this part of the discussion. So these muscles along your back very probably suffer from disuse if you are a desk worker. The lats work with teres major and pectoralis major to perform actions of the upper extremity. They are, by definition, a functional muscle. They are a primary mover for actions that mimic climbing, rowing, and swimming. They stabilize the shoulder blade against the rib cage. In fact, one of the biggest indicators of atrophied lats is a shoulder blade that flares out. So instead of being flattened against the rib cage, if your shoulder blades create sharp points that protrude from your back, your lats probably aren't firing. On the front side of the body, where your chest muscles are working synergistically with the muscles of your back, you're battling shortened, tightened muscles. When we hunch forward over a desk, the same posture that causes the forward head position, we're collapsing the body inward and we're adaptively shortening our chest muscles. If you open your arms as wide as you can, like you're going to wrap them around a giant tree trunk, you'll probably feel a pull right around where the front of your shoulder transitions into your chest. So this is the area that we're talking about here. Add to all of that the fact that while in a seated hunched position, none of the muscles in your torso are properly engaged to hold you upright. Your neck and upper back are straining with the weight of your head, your chest muscles are shortened and overly tight, and the muscles of your back that properly brace your rib cage and shoulder blades aren't engaging. You're spending over eight hours a day in this position, and assuming that for the hour you spend at the gym, all of this will just undo itself, that is unfortunately wishful thinking. When you leave your desk to stand upright, your head will still be in a forward position, and your overactive upper traps will be working overtime to compensate for weakened lats. If you've ever walked away from an upper body workout with a sore neck, this has happened to you. Or if you've ever needed to rub out a knot in your traps after trying to do single arm rows, pull-ups, or lat pull-downs, same thing. That's because the target muscles for those movements are being overtaken by the muscle that has adapted to do their job during the rest of your day. They don't just switch back on once you're in the gym. And the problem is that until you become aware of this and rehabilitate your muscle recruitment order, you're just doubling down on that overactive muscle. It's getting stronger and stronger, making it that much harder for the correct primary movers to jump in and get strong enough to take over again. This concept of appropriate muscle recruitment is huge. It impacts absolutely everything. Another major area that people struggle with this is the core. So the core includes muscles of both the trunk and hips. So it includes both the abdominal group and the glutes. These are areas that I think most of us spend hours and hours thinking that we're targeting with our workouts when we're actually not. So I wanted to make sure to cover them here. So let's talk about the core. Your core is made up of so much more than just your abs. Your core muscles can be divided into two groups, the stabilizers and the global movers. The stabilizers, as their name suggests, they're primarily responsible for stabilizing your spine. As for the global movers, 
it really is true what they say about all movement being generated from your core. Unfortunately, our cores are really inactive when we're in a seated position where our necks are bearing most of the load and our spines are far from being stabilized in a proper posture. Proper posture and spinal bracing has your hips level front to back and side to side with your rib cage stacked neatly above it. Your shoulder girdle should align with your pelvis and your rib cage, and your ears should be about even with your shoulders. Long hours spent sitting can cause misalignment in a variety of ways, but one of the most common is anterior pelvic tilt, or APT. This means that your pelvis tilts toward the front of your body instead of being in a neutral position when you're standing. This happens primarily because of two things. Your hip flexors have adaptively shortened and tightened, drawing the pelvis forward, and your abdominal muscles have weakened or atrophied. So whereas with a healthy musculature, your hip flexors and abdominal muscles are attaching to the pelvis and working together to stabilize it, now your shortened, tightened hip flexors are pulling the pelvis forward and your core muscles are too weak to fight back. Have you ever done a series of core exercises and needed to stop because your hip flexors hurt? the area in front of your body where the pockets of your jeans are. When I see core workouts with leg lifts, Russian twists, scissors, sit-ups, or any variation of these, most of the time I see the trainer lying flat on their back, core disengaged, using their hip flexors and their necks to make the arms and legs move. And this is what most of us at home waste our time doing as well. Just like we discussed with the teres, the lats, and the delts, your core doesn't just turn on for you when it's time to hit the gym. That tight neck is what's holding your head off the floor, not your upper abs. And as for leg raises, chances are good you're using your hip flexors, not your lower abs. APT doesn't just impact the front of your body either. So if you imagine looking at yourself from the side, think of your pelvis as having four places where muscles attach. The top in front, the bottom in front, the top in back, and the bottom in back. So we just talked about how the hip flexors and the abdominals attach on the front side and how atrophy and adaptations pull the pelvis into a forward tilt. But on the back, something similar is happening. It's not a secret to most of us desk workers that our glutes and hamstrings are weak, weak, weak from disuse. It's also not uncommon to start hearing people in their 30s complain of lower back pain. The fact that these two often go together is not a coincidence. So your glutes are the most powerful muscles in your body. One of their innumerable jobs is to stabilize the pelvis. In their atrophied state, they can't do this job well. The hamstring group could potentially help compensate for this, but they too are often atrophied from disuse when you spend hours and hours sitting. The lower back being overly tight is often caused by poor posture during prolonged periods of sitting. We already discussed the common hunched forward tech neck position most of us spend our day in, and I used the tree root example to explain how and why our upper trapezius muscle is often under so much strain. The same principle extends down to our lower backs. When our spine is properly aligned and braced, it is stabilized comfortably over our pelvis, but when the top half of it is pitched forward, The lower back muscles, or the part of the trunk nearest the roots in our tree example if you prefer, is under strain to pull the whole thing back upright. Now, if we return to looking at the pelvis from a side-on view, we can start to see what's happening here. 
You might even be able to feel this in your own body if you stand there and imagine it. When there is tightness at the bottom front attachment point and the top back attachment point, the pelvis is going into a forward tilt. The muscles that are too weak to pull the pelvis back to a neutral position are the core and the glutes. If you stand there and consciously engage both of those, you should immediately feel your pelvis tilt back into a neutral position. Now, if you overdo this, you can create a different problem, which is posterior pelvic tilt. This is less common, but the goal is always to hold the pelvis neutral. Now, if we take all of this and put it into a workout setting, we've got more problems that stack up. Just like our tightened hip flexors took over during our ab work, our tight lower back takes over when we're trying to work our glutes. The back might not be the only thing that's tagging in here, but it is common. If you've ever complained of back pain after squatting, lunging, or doing more glute-focused exercises like fire hydrants or hip extensions, that's because your lower back has become the primary mover. And just like the hip flexors, the lower back is now getting the benefit of the workout, not your glutes. Hopefully you are starting to think here about your own workouts and why some of the moves you've spent hours and hours doing haven't given you any results. Even when you're doing the moves with so-called proper form, it isn't fixing the problem. Why? I mentioned in an earlier episode that we can all contort our bodies to imitate accurate form. But the big issue is whether we're using the appropriate muscles to do so. So the next step after you become aware of this is to start working on activating or recruiting the appropriate muscles for any exercise you do. There are lots of things to take into consideration here, but there are two big places to start. The first is to start focusing on your posture. Dr. Kelly Starrett wrote an amazing book called Becoming a Supple Leopard, and one of the very first things he touches on is spinal bracing. This is something that's needed for everything you do, including sitting at a desk. Getting your posture corrected goes a long way to waking up those muscles that have atrophied over time. And know that this is a process. Those muscles are going to fatigue easily at first, and you will default to your bad postural positions. But the key is to keep at it so you can go longer and longer maintaining the appropriate posture as you slowly strengthen the right muscles over time. And that's just for your regular daily living. The second thing is to start paying attention to this while you're exercising. This is the part I think a lot of people struggle with because usually it means slowing down and reducing the amount of weight you're lifting. It's great if you're already squatting your body weight, but if you are bearing that load with your lower back and your knees instead of your glutes, quads, and hamstrings, it's not doing you any good. Go all the way back to body weight squats until you get the right muscles participating. It will feel frustrating, but what's better? Slowing down now so you can speed up again stronger than ever, or another 10 years of useless workouts strengthening the wrong muscles? There is a lot of information that goes along with this that touches on mind-muscle connection and load-bearing, two other topics that I'm not certain will convey well in a podcast, but we'll see what I can come up with. For now, if the only thing you walk away from today's episode with is the awareness of what happens to your pelvis when you consciously engage your abs and your glutes, you're already on your way.
Okay, guys, so that wraps up this week's episode. As I said at the beginning, dying to know your thoughts. I tried to make this as user-friendly and easy to understand audibly as possible, but I'm also a visual learner, so maybe there's some of that going on here. If you are an auditory learner, I would love to know if this conveyed, if the message came across. Um, Please find me, comment on the show, get to me on Instagram, let me know what you think. Let me know what you found most helpful about this because this postural stuff and this muscle order recruitment, that is the key that I don't think enough trainers are talking about. You know, when you see these fantastic trainers who are in their late 30s, they don't really have to think about this stuff anymore. And a lot of them, it's their business now to be churning out digital downloads or apps or workout programs or membership programs and that's what they've built their business doing so they're just cranking out workouts for you they don't really have to think about this and they might talk a lot about mind muscle connection but that's actually something a bit different because just because you have mind muscle connection to say your lat muscles when you're trying to do a pull-up it doesn't matter if what's being recruited is your upper traps instead of your lats because of the strength disparity between those two muscle groups. So think about this, comment on it, try it out in your own life. Like I said during the episode, I'm going to look at some other topics and see if I can find a way to convey them well in a podcast. And if not, then you will see them in videos on my YouTube channel. So for now, thank you so much for listening and I will see you in our next episode.